Hi everybody, welcome to another Prog Report podcast. We have an interesting episode here. We've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, as you probably know, if you're keeping in timeline with all the podcasts and news, there was the big cruise to the edge that was here out of Tampa, Florida that I attended and a few of our other Prog Report people, reporters, contributors, etc. attended. Uh, some didn't, uh, but you know, we had good representation on the ship. So anyway, we were busy with that and uh, then coming back to all sorts of things and recovery uh, and dealing with everything. So we're getting back to doing the first podcast since uh, taking off for the cruise, uh, which is amazing and highly recommended as we'll talk about because that's what we're going to discuss uh, is the Cruise to the Edge 2019, uh, what it's like, some of the events, some of the great shows, some of the highlights, uh, et cetera. Uh, of course, if you've missed any other podcasts, they're all available on progreport.com and all our various podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and so on. Uh, and also there's stuff on YouTube and everything uh, around that you can find. Uh, and also just want to let you know about the recent uh, Neil Morse Band Prog Report profiles that we did. It's going to be a three-part series. Episode one is out. If you've missed that, you can check that out as well. So I'd want to introduce two guys that are going to join me. They were on the ship. Uh, one is somebody you've heard on the podcast many, many times, and he's written reviews. And uh, he's our known wordsmith on the Prog Report. Uh, so let's uh, welcome Prog Nick back to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Great to be speaking to you all again. <laughs> Yeah, we have studio audience applause now. Wow. Roy, yeah. you've upped yeah. yourself. We spare no expense. <laughs> and uh, another guy that actually this is his debut on the podcast, but he's written a lot of great reviews for us on the website all the way also from Brazil is Daniel Levy. Hey, Roy. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. Woo! Yeah. All right, everyone relax. Everyone just calm down. Okay. All right. So, uh, calm. <laughs> all right. So guys, let's, uh, you know, thanks for being on here. Um, we're all now a week off from being on the ship and, uh, how, you know, how are you guys doing? Are you recovered or is the earth still moving? Um, now, now I'm better. I had a bit of motion sickness after the <laughs> ship. Actually, I felt the world rocking a bit, but now I'm doing okay. Finally. Thank And home resting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you guys man. both have long travels. I mean, it, it takes you, you know, maybe Daniel, you're not as bad, but uh, Nick, I mean, it takes you how long to, to get through here to, to Tampa? Uh, it, it's about a it's about a 23 hour journey all in with with all the layovers. Um, but what really kills you is the jet lag coming back, you know, when you're going east um, and getting home. Thankfully, you, you're at home for the uh, for that period. But yeah, the jet bag coming this way is rough, man. I'm still suffering from it. I got to be honest. Yeah, that's that's a lot of travel, man. Yeah, that's tough. And uh, and you're pretty busy on the ship, as we'll as we'll talk about. So, 
you know, a, a quick synopsis of, of what the cruise was for anybody that maybe doesn't pay attention to, to you know, what we talk about with it on the, on the website or uh, you've never been. Uh, this was the sixth one. It's headlined by Yes every year. It's labeled Cruise to the Edge, obviously, after their album. And uh, they've been on the ship every year. And uh, this time, I think we had about 35 bands, which was a lot. This was, I think, the most they've ever had. It's uh, five nights. Uh, this year, we sailed out of Tampa. I think we went to Key West and we went to Cozumel and uh, for a couple of stops. And uh, you know, in between all those days, basically, you're just seeing bands. <laughs> you know, all the normal stuff on the cruise is sort of not there. There's no um, main show. There's no steel drum band by the pool. You know, in fact, the main pool is is there's a stage built on top of it. It's not even there. Um, you know, the kids club room is, is where the, you know, they, they have uh, production things going on. And so, uh, you know, that, that's how the ship is, but it's a full audience of people that really don't care about anything but that. There uh, is one pool flat. though. There's a pool, um, uh, the, in the, uh, what do they call it? The, the solarium. The, solarium. Yeah. the only reason yeah. I don't cover it. And put a stage on there is because the the acoustics in that room wouldn't be good enough, I reckon. Otherwise, they probably would have. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's there's four main stages, right? So you have the the one by the pool is is one of the big ones where they do a lot of the main shows. There's of course the big theater, uh, which is the the headline place where Yes plays and Steve Hackett plays and some others. And then um, you have the atrium, which is sort of the center of the ship where they set up. Uh, you know, some bands to play, but also Q&As and, and different things. And then you have uh, the Colony Club, which is kind of a, a more intimate uh, place where, where it's a kind of a low ceiling and you can sit down, uh, smaller stage, but they still put on a lot of great shows there. Uh, and then, um, you know, that that's pretty much it. And you're going through one to the next to the next. You'll have a starting at 10 a.m. You'll you maybe have a Q&A. Then you'll have something else at 11 and something else at 12. And it just continues until about one o'clock in the morning, sometimes later. Um, well, of course. And then there's the late night live jam, which Nick, why don't you talk about that? Because that's part of, of the ship. But every night after all the bands are done playing, you are part of a group of people that uh, rehearse songs over the year and meet up to then play them for fun up until like five o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah, that's right, Roy. Uh, it starts at about 11.30 in an ideal world, but naturally it's normally late because they have to strike the, the band that was playing in the Colony Club and then set up for Late Night Live. Um, and it goes way into the small hours. Um, and what happens is, I guess jam would be the wrong word for it. Um, it's really an opportunity to play prog. It's a pro-am opportunity to play to, to play progressive rock. Everybody who plays on it has to pass an audition. Um, and then you select your songs months in advance. And what happens is, without any rehearsal whatsoever, uh, you then literally have to get up on that stage at the Colony Club and just play the song from beginning to end with people you may never have met, people whose language you don't even speak. I mean, many of the people I've played with, I don't even know their names or how to pronounce them. Um, and it's it's very cool because people, particularly for people who live in areas where prog is not a is not a thing, is not is not an amateur. Uh, an amateur endeavor. You don't get the chance to play a lot of prog. So for me, it's a it's an annual opportunity to get my drumsticks out and play some prog, and also 
get the opportunity from time to, to, to time to play it with some of my prog heroes, which happens as a surprise very often. Yeah, you get some uh, guys from Yes that come in, Spock's Beard. I know you had a, a great song. You get to play with Rio. Yeah, I got to play with Rio and Alan Morse and Randy George and the great Mick Virgilio. Yeah, that's amazing. And that certainly doesn't happen every day. So that's, that is awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of fun. We got to give a big shout out to Rob Rutz. He's on the ship every year. He's, he's the MC for it. He helps organize it. And he's one of the best guys on the ship. He's always there with his family. And yeah, Rob, Rob is a wonderful guy. He's an amazing organizer. And really the work that he, and I must mention Bill and Devorah Goldman, as well, as well as the entire production team. The, the work that they do on that late night live thing really is very admirable and we're all very yeah. grateful to So starting with the first night, uh, you know, we all ended up in Tampa uh, and we're there for the first night for the pre-cruise. Every year there's a pre-cruise party for people that come into town early and uh, they put on a show and that started with, uh, it was Marbin, uh, Dave Kersner band, Dave Kersner and Friends, I guess it was labeled, yep. and uh, the Neil Morse band uh, playing the first set of of their uh, two shows. They played only one other show on the on the cruise uh, instead of the usual two. They did the first one on the on the pre cruise night, um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Daniel, what do you remember from from that night? Uh, Dave's set was really fun. Like the the venue for the pre cruise party was great. The Super Bowl was happening, so a lot of people were watching the Super Bowl and then going and catching some of the concerts. Uh, the Satellist was fun, too. They, they played some Pink Floyd co- songs, if I remember correctly. They, they played yeah. Time and Great Gig in the Sky. I, I think they, yeah, they, they, they finished with Tom Sawyer. So it was fine. It was great to open up the atmosphere f- for the cruise, like a pro cruise. How, how can you go wrong with Rush and Pink Floyd, right? So, And then we had the Neil Morse band and... Man, like, what, what can you say? Um, they had to to do the the first the first album, the first disc, actually, from the Great Adventure there because they were a late edition. Uh, I was a bit like worried, like, ah, man, I don't know if, if a lot of people will have a chance to watch them because they will be partly on the cruise and partly on the pre-cruise party. But it was actually great. The venue sounded like incredible. They were on point. It was only at like their their second concert like ever playing that that material, and they played the first disc and the the encore, and it was great, man. Uh, the, the band yeah. was on point. Yeah, that was a great venue for that. Um, I loved it. It was kind of a classic vibe. These big chandeliers, big room, big screen, full full rock show, which a band like that doesn't always get because sometimes they play smaller venues in certain certain cities. And, and this was like a real good, nice place, uh, probably a thousand people or more in there and uh, and and full. And it was a, a great way to start it. Um, so then we, you know, this was this was an interesting thing that happened. So we should mention it that, you know, we all wake up the next morning figuring, OK, in, a, in you know, a couple hours, you know, maybe have some breakfast and head over to the port and and, you know, get on the ship by noon. And as it turns out, because of some fog that happens in the Tampa area once in a while, they have a fog bank with a, there's like a bridge out in the ocean where if there's too much fog, they don't let ships through until the fog clears. And the boat that we were supposed to board on was not allowed to get through our dock. So <laughs> It was a fun day though. Yeah, it was a fun day spent in Tampa. <laughs> Everybody had to check out of their hotel. No one knew what time we would get on the ship. 
And uh, in the lobby of, of uh, you know, one of the hotels where I was staying, you had, a, you know, a bunch of famous prog musicians all just sitting on their luggage, hanging out uh, with nothing to do all day and no, no timeline of when we were going to go. Um, there was a mall nearby. A lot of people were walking the mall, seeing movies. We went and saw a movie. <laughs> so that there, was an interesting yeah. day. Uh, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing really to complain about. It turned out to be kind of fun and and you know, sort of a hassle, but, but really not that big a deal. I think we all boarded by seven, eight o'clock and, and yeah. got on the ship that pushed the, the issue that happened there was of course it pushed back. So you had the Riverside uh, show, their first show by the pool was supposed to be the sail away show around four o'clock. And then Steve Hackett was supposed to play and then you would be off. And so the early bunch of shows, I think there was about maybe eight or so uh, got, had, had to be rescheduled and got canceled. So the official first show was Airbag in the Colony Club, and I believe only two other bands played Unique, which was the ukulele band with Nick DiVirgilio. Yeah. It was the uh, first really crowded show that I watched. First a bunch of people show, were there, yeah. yeah. And then Pendragon, um, you know, they, they were going to do the first theater show. I think they didn't go on until close to 2.30 in the oh, morning. Um, yeah, so... But they went on. They did it uh, to give people a chance, and apparently it was a full audience. I missed that first show because uh, I was out. But uh, yeah, so that was an interesting first day. Um, you know, I'll give you a little bit of you know my what I do on the ship. So for the last few years, I've been involved in helping promote the cruise. And last year, they uh, brought me on uh, as a guest host. John Kirkman has been the, the main host for, for all the years of the ship, I, I believe. And uh, he's a British DJ, fantastic guy, fantastic host uh, for anybody that doesn't know him. And um, so last year, they brought me on because there's too many bands for one person to handle uh, and do Q&As and, and uh, announcements and, and stuff like that. So I did some stuff last year. This year, they really doubled up my workload. So I had a lot of responsibilities on the ship, which is a blast, um, you know, getting to, uh, to know all the artists and introduce them and, and do some things. So the very first night I introduced the, the first show, which was airbags. That was a lot of fun. Roy, then, you're, uh, you're too humble to say it. So I'm going to say it. You ruled <laughs> that boat, man. You were well, everywhere. Yeah, I made a great job. Yeah. Every time I turned around, there you were introducing some new band or being interviewed by Eddie Trunk. Yeah, or doing Q&A. Inter- interviewing the Neil Morse band. Also, everywhere that I went, there was there was Roy Avon. Well, the yeah, I appreciate that. So I certainly didn't bring it up to toot my own horn, but it's just the reality of what it was. But thanks. Thanks, guys. You for were the king that. of the boat, man. It kept me busy, which I will say uh, – uh, didn't allow me to see a lot of the shows. So while we normally would do maybe a top five, last year I think we did a top five. This year I, I didn't see many you know, more than five <laughs> full, full concerts probably. So I'm really not qualified to to pick five. I might just say five that I that I liked, just that I got to see really and, and enjoyed. But but yeah, so not complaining. It, it's a blast. Yeah, and you it's made the sailor picture right. So. I did, I did. So that was the highlight, and, and and we'll sort of, you know, we'll sort of get get to that a little bit. But um, so one of the uh, you know, one of the things that I did get to do. So Eddie Trunk is a host of a radio DJ here in, in the states, a very well known one for many many years. He is on Sirius XM network. He has a show called Trunk Nation, and he uh, broadcasts from the ship uh, his show live uh, in the atrium uh, from two to four in the middle of the afternoon. 
and interviews the different musicians that come on board. And uh, be, he is outspoken about how he's not an expert on Prague. And uh, I guess somebody whispered in his ear that maybe he'd want to speak to me. And we've, you know, developed a little bit of a, a acquaintance with each other. And he brings me on uh, to be on his show, which that's a lot of fun for me. And he's a great guy to speak to. So I got a chance to sit on sitting with his show uh, by myself and also with uh, John Lodge and Tony McAlpine. And then we did an interview with Steve Hackett together, which was a blast. So some of that stuff is online. Yeah, great show, by the way. Everyone should check out. Yeah, that was uh, and he's and Eddie Trunk is uh, just the top of the top of the food chain when it comes to interviewing rock bands. There's there's nobody better. So uh, to be on his show is a blast. Let's jump in a little bit to the some of the performances. So um, I don't know if if we want to go necessarily in order, um, but uh, Daniel, what was uh, you know, maybe a few of the main shows that, that you like, let's, let's count down your top five and you can just go in order straight and, and maybe we'll, we'll jump in a little bit. What you thought were, were some of your favorites. Uh, I moved out from, from my f- top five, from five to one. So my fifth break is Riverside, their pool, their pool concert, pool stage concert. It was incredible. Like the f- last time I watched them was a progressive nation at sea. Of course, yeah. you'll unfortunately have to mention their the passing of their their guitar, their guitar player Piotr. Piotr is, but they they sounded great, man. They were incredible. They're one of my favorite bands uh, on the ship. They just sounded incredible. A great presentation overall. Uh, great involvement with the with the crowd too. Um, I, right after that, see within can't choose between one of the two of the two concerts uh, they played on the theater and on the pool. I was very tired on both of them. <laughs> the yeah, they, went on, they went on late. I mean, they did, yeah. they closed, they were the final show on the cruise at all on the pool on the, on the final night. Yeah. And uh, on the theater, it was very, very late. So, yeah. but like it was, it see within overall is a very interesting combination of musicians and they have some very good songs. I was interested to see, how Casey was going to perform some of Daniel's songs. And like overall, some of them were great and some of them were incredible. Like he did one song, it's called The Knees. If you, if you listen to it on the album, it, it sounds like good. I don't like that song so much on the album. Maybe yeah. you can search for some, some videos online, but Casey just kills that song, man. It sounds amazing. Yeah, Denise was like a song I had. I didn't realize how good it was until they played it live. It really was amazing. It was one of the highlights of any show I saw. I agree. Exactly. Um, he just captures the spirit of the song, man. It was yeah. made for him. Surprised that he actually didn't didn't do that song with him on the album. Yeah, he came in sort of at the end, mm-hmm. uh, where I think they sort of knew that Daniel might not stay for the long haul and and casey finished out a couple of songs i I believe and that's sort of how the involvement came about and um a funny thing happened with uh i I did a c within q a and uh, i don't know if either of you guys had a chance to see that but that was really funny and jonas wrangled uh bases for c within and also for steve hackett and a million bands he was he put on a show he had people rolling on the floor laughing Uh, he's a funny guy yeah, they talked a little bit about uh, Daniel, uh, 
and how that didn't work out. And um, I can't really repeat some of the stuff he said, but, but it was it was a trip. That was a really, really fun Q&A to do. It was hilarious. Yeah. Important um, to note is Jordan Rudis also joined him on the pool stage. Right. He is a guest on the album. He played Hiding of the Truth, the song I like to call the Lion King song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it was great, um, great performance overall. Those guys were really tight. So, yeah, also one of my favorite concerts. Yeah, um, I agree. I love that one. Uh, I caught the, the first thir- with him uh, set in the theater, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But um, I did feel it was a little somber um, and and a little foreboding, uh, which much of the album is. And they were clearly keeping the the more upbeat stuff. Um, except for Eye for an Eye, of course, uh, which they played both times uh, for the pool stage. But um, you, you could see that the guys were finding each other and um, there was almost a pregnancy to it, um, you know, that, that Pacifica Theatre show. And I'm very, very sorry that I missed the first half of, this, of the pool stage show because there were complications down at late night that had to be cancelled and whatever, and then I rushed up. Um, but man, watching Marco Miniman in a hoodie oh, <laughs> behind yeah, his yeah. kit, just wailing away. I mean, the energy was palpably different to, 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 to the, to the theater, you know, so that, that's a band that's definitely on the rise in terms of life. Well, we should note, I mean, that, first of all, that was the theater and the crew and the pool stage show rather were the second and third shows they've ever played. The only right. other time they played was at Lorelei, Germany, Night of the Prague. And, and in that one, Pete Travis from Marillion was sitting in for Jonas on bass. Right. So yeah. this was the first time the full band even played right. at all. Right. Um, so I, I can't even stress how that was even incredible for them to go up on that theater the first time as a band and play that music, which is no small feat. I mean, it's complicated stuff, very emotional, very intense. And uh, I, that was awesome. So, uh, and I totally agree with what, Dan, with what Daniel said that that Casey, in his unique emotional way, um, has taken ownership of those songs, even though some of them may have been written and performed by Daniel to begin with. Daniel Gilden, though, that is. Um, but Casey has taken ownership of them. He, he's got he's got an emotion that's unique to him, and he delivers, and it's making that band gel really well. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what, what's going to happen in the future. I don't know that there's there's shows in the pipeline uh, coming up soon, but I, I do know that I th- believe they they f- they felt pretty strong about how those shows came about, and and maybe there'll be a second album eventually at some point. I think they'd like to do it. We'll see if that ever happens. Just to to end a note on we'll see what right. then I got I got to mention since Nick did uh, it's always a pleasure to watch Marco play. Like overall, watching him with see within. It was amazing watching him with Steve Hackett. Also, he was playing the songs from from Sad in England by the Pound, and man, he he did like his own interpretation of some of it, of that stuff. I know a lot of the the old fans would probably be bothered by it, but I was just like, man, that's amazing, you know. Uh, yeah, he adds a lot to the music. He's he's just one of the best, uh, obviously, in in the world. He's yeah, I constantly no, get no offense, no offense to Gary O'Toole in any way, but it just has to be said that Marco Miniman has brought a new energy to Hackett's band. I, I it, it's it's pretty it's pretty mind boggling the way that man plays. 
Well, now he's not going to be the long-term drummer. No, no, make. of course Craig Blundell is. But, yeah, Blundell, uh, who played with Steve, uh, Stephen Wilson. Yeah, uh, also incredible too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, there was there was a a greater energy this year in Steve's set than there was last year. It has to be said. I'm not sure if if Marco was the reason for that, but it was certainly a re-energized uh, band. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, my top five. The uh, third favorite concert was Neil Morse Band. Uh, the pool stage concert was, which was disc two of the Great Adventure, which is my favorite disc, yeah. as is Neil's, <laughs> which he mentioned as well. So some of the great, great songs were in there, like Vanity Fair. He put on the costume, um, and of course they played the encore again. Uh, the 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 ending of the 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 concert, Eric doing the crazy vocal, beautiful melody, and the solo. Man, th that band is just so special. You know, we gotta highlight everyone. Like everyone has their own percentage of importance in that band, and it just makes it so special. You gotta mention it. Yeah, the the Neil Morse band were were great. They're always great. Uh, and they seem to to keep getting their legs under them with this new material. It goes off really well live. It's really powerful and heavy. Um, Neil seems to be having a lot of fun with it. Um, and that was uh, that show was in the in the middle of the afternoon, uh, sailing away from from Key West. Yeah, that was the and official was nice. sail away show since right because no, so normally there. on on every cruise with the first show. As we're sailing off, they everybody's on the pool stage. There's no other shows going on. Nothing else is going on, and everybody's there. And they take a big uh, fan photo, and uh, so they did that before uh, the Neil show this year. And uh, and so yeah, as Nick was referring to, I was able to be part of the the sailor photo on stage this year, which was a blast and super cool and a lot of fun uh, to get to do. So and uh, and I enjoyed that show a lot. And and we should mention how much. Uh, Neil, who is known to cry at some shows, uh, when he uh, certain moments of, of shows, he was l like gone in this one. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm right. I've he never was, seen him cry. It was so much. It was like you're right. He, he it was, was gone for minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> That's great to see because it it brings more emotion to you as someone watching it. It it really affects. Sure. Uh, you know, and then of course Mike was funny. He brought him some tissues. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when they, when they were standing up there. Yeah, so, I, I, I almost went and asked Mike for one. I was in tears myself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of grown men crying <laughs> watching the Neil Morse band. So that's great. All right, your number two. Okay, my number two is I was actually really torn on my number one and my number two, but I ended up with the Haken cover set as my number two. And man, this one was just so much fun. I'm so glad they did that set. Um, so I think I should read the set list. Uh, so it should speak for itself. And then I'll do like yeah, a Yeah, do you have it in front of you? Yes. So they did Jump by Van Halen. So I think you should, right. you should mention what Portnoy said about Eddie Trunk's reaction when they played <laughs> that song. Do, do, were, you, were you there when he mentioned it? Uh, I don't I refresh my memory. Oh, no, remember. so yeah. So Ed, Eddie Trunk was like side by side with Portnoy and he was just started jumping around, jumping around. He's like, man, I can't believe they're playing 
I've been hailing song in a pro cruise. <laughs> so he was just super happy that he was finding some familiar territory for him in a pro cruise. Yeah, right. That's like his favorite stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. so and then right after that, they, play, they played Peel the Pain by Geno Giant with Jordan Brutus. Then Paranoid, Paranoid Android by Radiohead. Then Africa by Total with Bill Hill Bauer and, and Eric Gillette from the Neil Morris band. Right. Then they were joined by Portnoy for Tom Sawyer by Rush. Then this one was just crazy. 21st century schizoid man from King Crimson with Jordan Rudis, Tony McAlpine, Marcos Fogley, and the guy from Marvin. Sorry, I don't know his name. Danny Markovich. Oh, uh, cool. Hold Probably. on, hold on, hold on. Funny you say hold on, because that's the name of the next song. That's right. <laughs> but yes, uh, with Ted Leonard. They did Hold On and they, they came back with Cockroach King, they, their hit song. So, yeah, I mean, just a fun set overall. It was incredible. All those guys were on point. The guests were having a blast as well. Like, everyone on, on the crowd was singing along. A great selection of songs. Uh, what did you guys think of it? I love that one. It was it was a blast. I, you know, Haken has become one of the best bands on the shift. They've been on the last few years. Uh, they always try and do something cool. They they're coming straight off tour with their album Vector. They did their first set that they played was that set from their tour, playing new songs off that album, and they're as tight as anything. Super professional. Ross is an amazing frontman now. The rest of the band they're all amazing. So, but it was fun to see something completely different, and they did it extremely well. You you know you know the Neil Morse band song The Great Despair. That yeah. that describes how I feel about this Haken set because I had to miss it. I knew in advance. Oh no! I knew oh, in advance man. that they were going to be doing Van Halen and Rush um, through through a super fan who happened to be my ca- my cabin mate, who's very close personal friends with with Ray Hearn, and Ray shared with him what was going to happen. And at that exact time, I had to be in the Colony Club playing with Nick Virgilio and Randy George and and Alan Morse. I mean, not a bad trade-off, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's how you did. Well, that's a perfect like explanation of the cruise, right there. Right. You know yeah, exactly. Conundrum. You're going to find an amazing set of of covers by a, one of your favorite bands that you're never going to see anywhere else on the planet in order to go play with musicians, you're never going to play with ever again. It's one of those amazing exactly, things. Dude, yeah. <laughs> dude I, I was mortified that I had to miss it while at the same time being overjoyed. So I, I guess that makes me a 21st century schizoid man, but uh, <laughs> I really, really was. I, literally one of the reasons for my jet lag as I speak to you is that I've been trolling YouTube, looking, looking for video of what Haken did that night. Oh man. Oh my God! I have some. I have some videos. Okay, Danny, I'm going to hit you up for those videos later, man. I promise I won't share them. (laughs) Yeah, that is uh, that was awesome. So we should mention like their other set was also incredible. They played uh, some of their new stuff from Vector. They played their new instrumental, "Nail by Mouth," which is probably the modern best instrumental ever like the modern dance of eternity we should call it is like that good like if yeah. someone listening doesn't know that song just go listen to it now Absolutely. and they I, 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 love it. I think it's amazing absolutely agree. couldn't agree more well put yeah and they played so, veil played crystallized 
So Haken is just carrying the torch of modern progressive metal. They are doing some incredible stuff, man. Ross is a great front man. All of those guys. Yeah. I'm proud to be a fan. Proud to be there, front row, rocking out. Just good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good choice. I think we all know what your number one's going to be. But yeah, yeah. it's good. a no-brainer. <laughs> so, uh, so my number one, uh, it was Portnoy's set, Mike Portnoy and Friends. Uh, so what Portnoy did was he divided his set into three smaller sets. Uh, first, he brought in as the worst kept secret in the ship, Flying Corp. Right. So we knew he was there. We knew Neil was there. Uh, and we knew, who else? Sorry. Uh, Casey. Casey was there. We have C within, of course. Um, but we didn't know Steve Morse and Dave LaRue were there. Just like uh, the 2017 cru- cruise for his birthday bash party. Um, but a funny thing. The day we arrived at the, at the, at the cruise... Uh, the person, like, gas services on the PA just sent a message, like, to everyone. Mr. Dave LaRue, please present yourself to the gas service. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mr. David, Mr. David LaRue, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I did hear that. That was funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. So, so he well, did- and you also just saw Steve Morse walking around the ship. Yeah, I mean, and and, and it, that wasn't like he was hiding it at all. Yeah, so. it was, it's hard to to hide a surprise of this caliber, you know. It's it's you can't like just say you guys hiding the ship until the last day of the cruise. Don't don't go out of your cabins, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, so, uh, they did a flying yeah. color set. That's really cool. So you can warm people up because flying colors has a new album coming out this year, right? Um, so they did like four songs, I think. Two of the first album, two of the second one. Um, great set. It was they were having a bit of like sound issues, sound issues, and but overall, great set. It was fun. Everyone uh, were having a blast. And then they they brought in. Um, let me remember. It was Neil Ryan Stout, Bill Hugh Bauer from the New Morris Band, and Dad Leonard from Spocks and Enchant to do a transatlantic set. And when we say a transatlantic set, uh, set it's basically one song, <laughs> <laughs> which was a medley of Sweet Charlotte Bike and Abbey Road Side 2, right? It, which was a medley they did on the their second tour ever, which you can hear on the live near a DVD. It's a... Uh, it's great. I watched the DVD many times, and man, it was lots of fun. Uh, it was somewhere in my brain, all those little passages and many things they do. It was it was great. Like overall, hearing Transatlantic or like part of it at least do Beatles, uh, it was uh, like a great pleasure. So one of the things that happened to me was. Uh, I was supposed to go and introduce Riverside and the way the originally was going to work out was Riverside was going to go on a good 30 minutes after Mike's set was supposed to have been over and Mike's set didn't start for an hour late. So I'm watching the clocks and I'm, and I'm thinking I'm going to have to miss this and, and go and introduce another band. And uh, I had no choice. I had to do it. So 
right in the middle of the transatlantic. Yeah, uh, you vanished from our side. Which is a good good long 30-minute piece they did. Um, Somewhere around 15, 20 minutes in, I just – I ran all the way to the other side of the ship. Uh, I ran in. And 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 certain occasions when there's a band playing in the theater, a lot of times they have like set intro music or – or a movie before or something like that. And they don't always need an intro uh, by a speaker. Um, we're there. We do a lot of them usually on some of the other stages. And sometimes in the theater, it doesn't, it isn't needed. So, uh, but we, we go there and we, we check and uh, sure enough. So I walked in and I met up with the band and they, they said, no, we don't, uh, we don't need it. We're, you know, we don't need you to intro on this one. So it's fine. Um, so then I quickly ran and caught the rest, <laughs> rest of the show. So it was funny, but that's the kind of stuff that happens when you do what I do on the ship. Yeah. And, right, um, right. There is the story for a lot of passengers, man, running to and fro, catching half of one set, the second half of another. Oh, that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you have to, you have to pick and choose. And sometimes you go a whole cruise and you just don't see a particular band or, or a few of them. I came, to, uh, I came to a conclusion this year because I, 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 you know, I'm getting too old and, and, and weak to, to be running up and down that ship the whole time. So I came to a conclusion. If I'm enjoying a set, I'm going to stay there. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm not going to look for solace elsewhere, no matter who it might be. Um, but that lasted about a day. And then I found myself running in and out and up and down that ship. And, you know, the problem is that the theater is at the one end and the pool stage is at the other end. Uh, with the Colony Club, and then there are stairs up and down, so it makes you fit, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. So, did we get to the uh, the main part of the show yet? Yeah. Uh, so, what happened? I, I think everyone on the internet knows, but then Mike comes on and he invites Eric Gillette, um, Connor Green from Haken, and Jordan Rudis, of course. To do the Instrumentally, the one they played with Dream Theater all the way back, like 17 years ago or whatever. And, yeah. oh man, like you could see, never in my life, probably I've seen it before, but I mean, it was a, a great home to feeling to feel it again. To see grown men crying. <laughs> to it really was something it was super fast playing <laughs> it's i was trying to explain to to somebody what it was like and it, it's not like this level obviously but it, it the closest thing i could think of it was like it's like it's like two members of the beatles reuniting for this audience yep. like that's all i could i think of you know and it was just something you didn't think you'd see again and it was really great. And and the song they picked was the right song. Yeah, and the way they was played perfect. was just incredibly perfect. And um, yeah, that was special. Yeah. It was, really was a special thing. To As say. our friend Absolutely. Kyle put it, it wasn't really about like a dream theater reunion or wasn't about like any what ifs. It was just like simply two friends like doing what they love, doing music. It's way more important. You know, I'm just quoting what Kyle posted, what he said it was. And I agree like wholeheartedly, man. Uh, that, that, yeah, I think, I think it's important to, I think it's important to say that. I, I, I don't think anybody took away from this, or at least they shouldn't, that this is any way an indication of Portnoy coming back to Dream Theater anytime soon, because, because that's not the case. And, and if that's something that happens, 
you know, maybe one day it could be 10, 15 years from now. Who, who even knows? Well, let's but not, that's let's not forget that there was some LTE in there. Um, well, well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it was, it was just a, like you said, it was these two guys getting together. It, it made you think more that maybe there's a liquid tension reunion possibly in the, in the future, because of yeah. course, Portnoy and Petrucci have been public about them getting together over the, over the last couple of years. As for so, Jordan um, with the Q&A with you. Yeah. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, something really, really special. And you see these kind of things only on the cruise. Well, There's always even something. Even Mike said, you know, at the time when they were having their technical issues before the show, hey, man, I've been waiting nine years to play with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Mike said, you know. Yeah, I don't want to have any sound issues. There's got to be something special. And he did. The thing is, Mike always has something up his sleeve to these cruises. He, he wants it to be special for the people who put the money in to come all the way over the world to like from whatever place to to come and have a good time, you know, and he makes it worth all the time, man. It's always Ab special. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He he really is is almost the, like the mayor of of these cruises. He you know, he has a special spot to come on every year because he knows the organizers well and they just let him come on and whatever he's banned, whatever band he's with at the time he can just bring them on and that's what they do. And if he doesn't uh, have a band in particular, he can do something special. He did his 50th birthday thing a couple years ago. That was uh, the premiere of the Shattered Fortress thing that no one knew what that was going to be. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, for, you know, kudos to him. He makes, he's really elevated this cruise for a, a lot of the younger generation, a lot of, of fans like us that have been fans of what he does and dream theater and, and, you know, more. He really and makes a stuff. balance. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, yeah Portnoy, it's, it's, uh, Mike Portnoy just yeah. does not disappoint. He always raises the level, you know, and and <laughs> you know, for 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 him to go out there and emotionally represent himself and allow himself to be emotional on stage as he clearly was. That's the real Mike Portnoy. That's why we love him. You know, he does something special every time. Never disappoints. It's worth traveling the world to go and see what that man is going to do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, listen, Daniel. That look, I saw those five shows. That that might have been a very similar top five for me. Had I seen, you know, a, a few more shows, I'm not sure, but uh, I like all those choices. Those were all tremendous. Uh, Nick, you got any different five or any, or, or is it exactly the same? Or, or what would you? Yeah, go man. For? Um, would you would you allow me one uh, indulgence here, Roy? If you don't mind, I'm going to give an honourable mention first, if I may. Yeah, um, of course. Which is to so I'm, I'm going to call it number six. Let's say which is unique in the Colony Club. Oh yeah. Just for just oh, for yes. bringing the fun back into Prague. Now, for those who don't know, Unique is a band comprised of Nick Davigilio on drums and vocals. Um, his daughter Sophia on vocals and various other people who work with Nick at Sweetwater on ukuleles only. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. Um, they've had played a gig once before at Morsefest last year. And uh, these were their second and third gigs officially. The, 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 the first one was one of the first two shows after the, after the delays on the first night um, in the centrum. And then um they got together in the Colony Club and really delivered. And, you know, you could see 
Sophia, uh, who's Nicola Virgilio's daughter, just going from strength to strength with every song. She's an amazing vocalist. It's just so much fun and so unbelievable. Who knew that there's such a thing as a bass ukulele, right? Not me. <laughs> there you go. There is, and it sounds great. And can you just imagine Rush and Genesis? I mean, elaborate Genesis, not not just, you know, I know what I like in your wardrobe. Seriously, ir- elaborate, long prog songs being played on ukulele. Yeah. With well, that cinema show performance. Cinema show, great. right? <laughs> okay. And it sounded great. It sounded amazing. The harmonies were on point. The instrumentals, despite, despite all being played on ukulele, were just brilliant. It sounded amazing. It was so much fun. Everybody enjoyed it. The, you know, the whole, the whole crowd were on their feet um, by the end of the thing. And uh, I've just got to give kudos to Nick for, for, for doing that. I think Unique were just amazing. So I'm going to give them an honorable mention if you don't mind. Well, I should also, by the way, they they wish they sang me happy birthday the first oh, night yeah. they performed. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So that was a lot of fun. Very cool. So Man, I, like- I, I – I'd recommend them to anybody. You know, don't get put off by that by that word ukulele. Go and see the man if if you get the chance. They really are. Oh, yeah, I called Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk came up to me uh, one night and uh, and said, "So who should I go see tonight?" And I and I was looking at the schedule and I said, "You know, you should go see this Ben Unique." And he he asked me what it was. I said, "It's exactly what you said. You know, ukuleles or whatever." And he looked at me like I had two heads. <laughs> and I said, "No, I'm telling you, you got you got to go see it. It's it's not what you think." And it's going to blow your mind. And uh, yeah, he mentioned it the other, the next day on his show. He was he said he was impressed. It was uh, because they do Led Zeppelin covers. They do a whole thing. It's it's not um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not bluegrass or anything like that. It's it's right. like legit rock stuff. It's pretty awesome. We got to mention the, really- the they did at the Colony Club. They brought in Adrian Ballou to sing Frame by Frame, right. and it was just crazy, man. Uh, like the the whole set list they picked. It was just handpicked to be. Uh, Prague classics, not just Prague. They say like Led Zeppelin, and they the Rush song they did was closer to the heart. Uh, they did also a Steely Dan song. Like overall, what they played was, man, I don't know. I have I, I no words. They, they were just great. <laughs> I happened to walk past Adrian, who was having a conversation with somebody after that, and I'm pretty sure I heard him say, "Man, that is the most fun I've had in a long time." <laughs> and that, awesome. that I think says it all. Okay, so Great. so that's the honourable mention, and I've taken that liberty, Roy, because my number five, Daniel has gone into in depth, uh, which was which was Mike said, and it's it, putting it at number five doesn't mean that it wasn't brilliant, great, fantastic, earth shattering, and mind blowing. It was. Um, it's just that. Uh, on a personal on a personal level, the, I kind of knew what was going to happen in in, in Mike's show. Um, I think the Jordan Rudis re- reunion was an amazing moment. It's in my top five. It's at number five. Yeah. It was a fun set. It was a great set. I thought the song. I want to I want to mention about that set uh, real quick. Is that uh, on the Prog Report channel on you on our YouTube channel? I posted the video of Jordan playing with Mike. And it's uh, it, it's last check it was over one hundred and sixty five thousand wow. views, wow. which is pretty crazy. It's real cool. But if you it's if you want to cool. check out that just that song, it's it's on there and it's amazing. You can watch the whole thing. But I I, I really although the the transatlantic song choice for me was 
interesting. Um, I love the flying colors part. I, I, I love the instrumentally part. Um, and it's right up there in my top five. You, you know, it could have been number three, number two. Um, but moving on, my number four, and this might surprise you a little bit, but it was a very special gig indeed, was the Adrian Ballou Power Trio in the Pacifica Theater, the second, yeah. the second gig. And I'll tell you why, because that is the last official Adrian Ballou Power Trio concert. Um, it was quite emotional for a lot of us who are fans. Man, that band is filled with power with a brand new drummer who just absolutely nailed it. And, um, you know, w with, w with the power and, and the might that just the three of them create, Julia is, is just a monster. Um, Adrian was very emotional on that night. Um, he, he, Did they announce prior to that show that it was the last gig? I don't remember he hearing it, that. I believe he announced it in passing at the first gig, yeah. But he made a point of it in the second gig and said, "Look, this is the oh. last. This is the last one. We're going to be touring oh, again, wow. and Julie will uh, Julie will be in the band. But it's going to be a four piece, um, and we'll be playing this stuff, but some other stuff too. And it, it was just a very emotional moment because I, I've been watching them for a long time, and uh, that made it quite a special moment for me seeing the last gig of the Adrian Ballou Power Trio. They killed it." They nailed it. The crowd loved it. Um, the sound was amazing. Was yeah, that was one of the gigs that uh, I went by myself just real quick. I got there right as they started, three of a perfect pair. And they were just like so on point, man. Like Adrian Ballou is such a presence on stage. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, absolutely He's an amazing bass player. So my number three then uh, was Spock's beard at the pool stage both nights, let's say, but particularly the second night, um, where they where, where they concentrated on noise floor a little bit more. Rio is really on form. I feel that Mike Thorne, the new the new drummer, who seems to be, from what I could gather from your Q and A, Roy, a, a permanent member now, really nailed it. That way. Yeah, he's 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 got a different a different style to Jimmy and and certainly a different style to Nick, but it has to be said that he nailed it. Um, he, he's much more of a power drummer, much more single stroke rolls and 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 powerful fills, but it really works. The band seemed to gel with him and like him uh, a lot. So kudos to Mike Thorne. I thought that the rest of the band, particularly Ted, were absolutely at on top form. Um, I didn't quite get what was happening with the banana in both sets where we threw a banana into in, in, yeah. into the audience, but maybe one of you guys can explain that to me. But nah, it, I was uh, as confused yeah. as you were. <laughs> so, Roy, maybe you know. I, 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 no, I really don't. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> so, so that was a bit of a mystery to me, but it's all good fun. Rio, Rio was doing his standing on the keyboards thing, um, Alan had some technical issues with his his acoustic guitar in both sets, um, and I spoke to Rich Mauser afterwards. Uh, there, there was some problem with the DI or the pickup on the guitar or whatever, but seamlessly Alan just just went into playing it in in acoustic mode on his electric. The band is very very much still alive. That's clear, as Ted said on stage. We are and will continue to be Spock's beard. They yeah, are that the was a great moment. Yes, that was a great moment. Yeah, it was so good to hear him say that. 
you know um i really enjoyed it i think it was it, it, it was just a fantastic uh experience to watch them again great to see that they're a band in 2019 absolutely killing it the crowd were were in, enthralled and entranced and um i've got to say more to come from this great great mighty band they seem to be still be getting along great. Um, you know, the vibe between them uh, on stage and on the Q and A was was great and a lot of, and just playful. Uh, and they still sound great. So I yeah I think um, I I see no reason why they wouldn't continue. I don't know if they'll make another album necessarily. Who knows? But um, yeah, you know, some tours or maybe just cruises again or something. But it certainly seemed like they were still going to continue. So that's great. Yes. And I, and I love those guys. One of my all time, one of my all time favorite bands for sure. So Spock Spirit yep. to me is one of those bands that if you haven't seen them, like even regardless if you're a fan or not, you got to like watching Alan and Rio is such like. It's a, it's a blast, man. Like, those guys live, they have so much fun on stage. They just laugh and jump and throw their instruments in the air. Rio just jumps on the keyboards. Like, every time, I just keep smiling, you know. Uh, and they were just like that this time. Like, people were um, saying stuff like, ah, man, I don't know if Spock's going to continue. But just as Nick was saying right now, um, Tad just mentioned that thing that they will continue to be Spock's beard. And I was so glad to hear him say that. And they played basically the same set the first and second night. They just changed the encore for from I think walk into the wind to go the way you go. Uh, but yeah. they picked the the right set list. The, it was very varied. They played some of the new stuff, some of the old stuff. Um, they played Thoughts Part Two. Great performance. It really showed off. Uh, their new drummer, he re he really hits hard. Uh, <laughs> man, yeah, it was a pleasure to see them. Like every yeah. time, it is. Yeah. On on that note, um, you mentioned thoughts part two. Very importantly, they delivered that song perfectly, man. Now you got to remember they don't have Nick DeVigilio on backing vocals anymore. Exactly. That is a hard song to sing, man. But they absolutely nailed it. So. Yep. There you go. Spock's beard are still the mighty Spock's beard. You have uh, two more, Nick? Yeah, I've got two right? more. So you might think this would have been my number one, but it's my number two because I was lucky enough to to uh, go and see them in Orlando afterwards. But my number two would be the Neil Morse Band pool stage show uh, where they where they played side two of, of, of The Great Adventure. I was in tears from beginning to end. Um, it, it was an amazing performance. The guys were clearly having fun. Neil, as you mentioned earlier, Roy was, was very emotional throughout the gig. Um, and it was, it, it, it was just a wonderful experience. Um, great to stand there during the day, watch these guys on the, on this big stage, just absolutely nailing it, even though it's at the very beginning of this tour for them. Um, and, you know, speaking to Randy afterwards, he was saying, oh, there were a couple of problems here and there, a little tightness issue that we've got to, uh, that we've got to sort out here and there. I didn't hear it. To me, it sounded pretty, no, pretty it, It's always like that with fans like that. The, the fans don't notice. Yeah, yeah. they always notice a thousand things. <laughs> you know, I, I consider yeah. myself an analyst of the Neil Morse band, and I couldn't hear anything. It sounded <laughs> perfect to me. You know. I think I know what your number one's going to be, looking at your list. Ah, really? Do you? Yeah. Okay, let's see I if do. you get it right. Tell me. Frost. You, Frost. You are, you are correct, sir. Frost in the <laughs> Frost in the centrum in the atrium. 
absolutely killer. They, I, I, I cannot tell you how that band cooked that night. Now, for those who don't know, Frost are a British band led by, by the great keyboard player, Jim, Jim Godfrey. Um, uh, John Mitchell uh, from Lonely Robot and It Bites and Arena is on guitar and vocals. And um, they, they, they're a lesser known band in America, but they made a great impression last year on the cruise. And lo and behold, they filled both their gigs this time, and then they were promoted to the pool stage, and it was pretty full. You couldn't find a place to sit, and it was difficult to find a place to stand. But when they played the Centrum, you know, and, and I don't know, there are 13 or 11 levels or whatever where you can watch the band. Wherever you went, it sounded great. I, I happened to be fortunate enough. You know, I mean, I booked a place early, and I, I was in front of the stage sitting comfortably watching them. They nailed it. They are so good. They're a band that's filled with technical prowess and emotion and everything you would expect from the greatest of, of prog music. But at the same time, they have this extraordinary sense of humor. They are so entertaining to watch, particularly Jim Godfrey. You know, um, although he toned down the comedics and, and, and the theatrics from last year where, where, where he really was on form, you know, with in respect to the, the comedic side of the band in between songs. He toned it down a lot this year, but they are still so entertaining to watch. And just the interplay and the interaction between them. And Nick DiVigilio absolutely wailing away and killing it on drums with some very, very yeah. complex music. You know, Craig Blundell is their, is their regular drummer, but Nick was just enjoying himself so much. It just radiated outwards. The whole band were energized as a result of it. And for me, that was the gig of the whole cruise. It really was uh, a very, very good, I would say, except. Yeah, I love I love seeing them. I caught the first show at the pool. Uh, I didn't catch a second one, but it was also great. They have, they bring a lot of fun, a lot of sense of humor. They're all ridiculous musicians, and, and adding Nick is great. Um, of course, I don't think he's in the band. I think he was just sitting in with them for the cruise yeah, purpose. But That's right. Um, you know, one of the amazing things about the cruise also is really, I mean, all of these bands can uh, play with any other band at the drop of a hat. Um, and a good example of that is uh, Michael Sadler from Saga, who, uh, well, actually, I should start with Fish from Marillion was supposed to be on the cruise less than a week before he had to cancel. And so uh, the the cruise promoters, they know Michael Sadler's and Saga have been on the cruise many times. They know him well. So they called him and they said, do you want to come and just may, do maybe a solo slot or something? So trooper that he is, he came on board and he said, but I don't have a band. So he had played a few months prior to that at some festival with Enchant and Rachel Flowers, who's brilliant. And uh, at the last minute, they, you know, played a set with Enchant and <laughs> just one of those things. And so you, you have a band like Frost and who doesn't have a drummer at the time. And they say, well, who's a drummer on the cruise? Oh, Nick DiVirgilio. Yeah, he'll just fill in. And that's how they do it. Yeah. And um, all these guys are just so talented that they could just pull that stuff off. I think, uh, Nick, your top five was great. Uh, I, I think between the, both of you, those those are probably the, the majority of the shows that I actually saw. I, I, I want to give a shout out to, I'm not going to do a top five uh, for this purpose, but um, a, a shout out to a couple extra shows that I did see that I thought were great. Gaspacho, who I'd never seen before and I, and I think are fantastic, were really great by the pool. Um, Enchant, of course, are always great to see. Oh, Enchant was uh, great. 
and Chance was incredible. Uh, Chance was brilliant. Jordan Jordan Rudis solo set uh, that he did in the theater uh, twice was really great. Um, you know, he plays a lot of classical piano stuff. He does a lot of mixture of, of interpretations of dream theater and and other things like that, and and tells great stories about his career and how he got to dream theater and everything that went on. And he's really good at talking to the audience. He's he was just awesome, and he was everywhere on the ship playing with a ton of people. Yeah, talk, about cross talk about cross pollination. I mean, there was yeah. there was a lot of that going on, but but Jordan played with Haken in Continuum, Mike Portnoy, see within you know probably more. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it was great. That's the kind of thing that happens a lot. Um, um, and uh, uh, Airbag, uh, Airbag, I caught a couple of songs that were fantastic. Uh, Electric, Electra Asturias were are phenomenal uh, to watch. And uh, and actually, shout out to Dave Kersner, who always works really hard on the ship and in Continuum were were really good. I saw them by the pool. Um, so you guys got a chance so, to watch Brand X? Yes, I did. Yeah. Brand X, that's the other one. I saw some of Brand X, just ridiculous musicians. You, you had people commenting, all the top musicians on the cruise, Neil, Nick DiVirgili, a couple of other people that I heard talking, all said that's the best band on the boat. Yep. So, uh, th- th- I mean, that's a good uh, a shout good out to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Also, PFM were great fun on the pool stage. P- PFM were amazing. I think they ignored their, late, the, the, their latest 2017 album a little bit too much, but they did all the classics and it was all there. Can I just say, Roy, that one of the things about these cruises, for, the, for those who are listening that haven't been on, on a cruise like this, are the little side things that happen on, on a cruise, these little side moments that, that um, outside the gigs are very special too. Most of the artists who go on these cruises accept that they're not really going to be able to get away from the fans. You know, I mean, you're stuck on a boat with them. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, they, exactly. And and they embrace that. Most most of the artists embrace it. And all kinds of special impromptu moments happen as a result of that. Sort of dozens every hour. You know, encounters and selfies and whatever. But I mean, little things can become quite big things too. A, a guy like Mike Portnoy appearing and congratulating people who have, who have just done a rendition of a flying colors song on, on the late night live. Yeah. Which is your case. yeah I mean, I mean, that's a big deal, you know, uh, people like taste fun, Lear just sitting at a piano playing with a crowd of people around them. Um, Tom Brislin just nailing yes songs on a piano somewhere. Casey shooting a music video somewhere and you just happen to walk past. Um, you know, these are the little moments that will happen on Cruise to the Edge that really wouldn't happen at any other gig. And for me, as much as the concerts themselves, that is what makes Cruise to the Edge special. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think one big one that we didn't mention was Steve Hackett, of course, uh, who is always amazing on the cruise and uh, did a phenomenal couple of sets playing uh, mostly Genesis classics, really. And a couple of a couple of solo things, but um, just tremendous suppers ready and and uh, musical box and all. I mean, just what can you say about uh, what that guy does? I loved watching. So his band is yeah. incredible. Yeah, an unbelievable band. Didn't cover like Marvin. Uh, Marvin was great. I watched uh, a little bit of their set in the Centrum. Those guys are insane. They're so much fun to watch. And also, of course, we're at the Yes Cruise. Have you guys watched the ads? <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, it's funny. You you almost forget that Yes is on the ship because they're on every year and you, you see every other band and you're so busy running around. But then when you catch them, they're always still phenomenal. 
And actually, I did catch some of their uh, set this uh, this cruise on the on the last night. Yeah, yeah, they played phenomenal. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're still still doing it. They, they, they're still yes, and nobody's ever going to change that. Let's not forget the David Cross Band. I don't know if you guys uh, caught a couple of minutes of them. They brought a great British quirkiness to the proceedings. They were excellent. Rachel Flowers, wow, just wow. Uh, I, I had the privilege of playing a, a Jethro Tull song with her. She plays flute. She plays guitar. She plays keyboard like Keith Emerson. This girl is really something very, very special, and she deserves a special shout-out. One other special moment that you guys might not be aware of that I should mention. Are you guys aware that The Fringe performed on the boat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were, I was there. there. I, was I there. didn't see it live. I heard about it. Yeah. It, it, well, actually, I was due on the late-night live stage, and I was told, hang on, buddy. The Fringe are playing us. What? <laughs> and and there, they, they, you know, the three of them got up and did a good – Nice ten minute medley. It was really great. Right after that, the other Nick, the prog Nick, played a flying color song, and Mike Bork <laughs> was watching him in the back. Great job, by the way, dude. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Very cool. That means a lot. Thank you. So I had two co-hosts. One is like I mentioned, John Kirkman, who's always really gracious and fun to work with, and he's a is a pro. And then Michael Sadler, who I, I mentioned, came on the ship at the last minute. Was also, uh, uh, you know, popping in to do some Q and A's and intros and and stuff to sort of help out. So he was a lot of fun and getting to work with somebody like that. Who I mean, couldn't have been nicer. He was just an amazing person to to hang out with and and talk to. And a quick thank you and acknowledgement to Larry Moran, Gene Aldridge, and Taylor Gann, who book all the bands. They make this whole thing happen. They keep inviting me back, uh, which is an honor. And uh, how they pull this off every year, I have no idea. So a big shout out to those guys as well. And their whole team, the crew, everybody that puts this on is amazing. All in all, uh, the entire cruise was was a success. Uh, You know, I I think this is my fourth consecutive year. And you always wonder, um, you know, is it worth going back again to, to do it again? But every year is is different and unique and special and and brings its own things that you take from it and uh, I recommend it to anybody at least once in your life it's something you got to do yeah yeah man like it's so special especially we get so tired but especially when you go with friends and you go out and like we, we went out in Cozumel I was with so many of my best friends and special people my dad was with me too and it's even more special when you have people like that with you you yeah, know, man. it's it's all about the brotherhood and the friendship, and exactly being be, being locked on that boat with each other. You just you can't help bumping into each other, and the friendships form, and it's really amazing. You do need a holiday from your holiday, though. You need a kind of de- decompression. You from come back. After the <laughs> it's funny. You don't you sleep a lot from the vacation. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely don't sleep a lot, and uh, and you never really rest. Uh, and so we yeah. every every day we went to sleep like 3 a.m. because we were in the karaoke or whatever, and then wake up at nine or eight thirty because you gotta watch something or you gotta get out of the boat or man, it's just a crazy routine for five days. But oh man, is it worth it? Yep, yep. I think that's a good uh, good place to stop. Uh, so, guys, again, there's stuff online all over the place, uh, YouTube, if you want to catch some clips. And um, thanks for joining this special podcast recap, Cruise to the Edge. Thanks uh, to Daniel and Nick, guys, for joining. I'll give you one more audience applause. 
Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you, Roy. Thanks for having me. Danny, great speaking to you again, man. Yeah, you too, Nick. And you, Roy. All right, guys. We'll be in touch and uh, stay tuned for more uh, podcasts on the way. Take care. Bye. So what happens when you push that button over there?